0: Welcome to another exhilarating episode of Money Mayhem, where we uncover the thrilling narratives behind the world's most notorious financial phenomena. Our guide, the enigmatic Trader Joe, a Wall Street veteran, will take us on a wild journey through the tumultuous seas of finance. In this episode, Diamonds in the Rough, the Great American Swindle of 1872, where we find ourselves amidst the bustling energy of the 1870s, a time aptly named the Gilded Age. It was a period that saw the rapid expansion of industry, innovation, and the audacious promise of the American Dream. But beneath this golden exterior lay stark economic disparity. Into this world of contradiction and opportunity stepped two men, Philip Arnold and John Slack. With backgrounds as uncommon as the tale they spun, these two prospectors would be the central figures in one of the most audacious financial deceptions of the era. In this episode, we delve into their story, a saga that begins not in the boardrooms of Wall Street, but under the wide open skies of the American West. So sit back, relax, and let's start unearthing this gem of a tale. Before we continue, a word from our sponsor who makes this podcast possible. Introducing the Missy Motsy Discovery app, a captivating foreign language learning experience for children aged two to seven. Research shows that early foreign language learning enhances critical thinking, problem-solving, and creativity. With the Mitzi Mazi app, children can explore English, Spanish, Mandarin, French, and more. Your subscription grants access to over 250 interactive ebooks, So download the Mizzy Motzi Discovery app and start your child on a magical language journey with a free 30-day trial. You can find the App Store download links in this episode's description. And now, on with this episode of Money Mayhem. Here's what to expect. Part 1. The Sparkle of Promises Setting the Stage We'll kick off this intriguing saga by painting a vivid picture of the socioeconomic climate in 1872 and the lure of quick wealth during the post-Gold Rush era. Introducing the prospectors Philip Arnold and John Slack, we'll dive into their backgrounds and the nature of their seemingly innocuous partnership. We'll explore the early stages of their audacious plan and the seeds of what would become one of the most infamous hoaxes in American history. Part 2. The Glitter of Greed, The Discovery Part 2 dives into the so-called diamond discovery itself, recounting the prospector's elaborate performance to convince investors they'd struck it rich. We'll walk through their journey to San Francisco, the alleged site of the diamond mine, and their clever tactics to keep it secret. We'll talk about the diamonds they presented as evidence of their fine and the frenzy they caused in the city. We'll also discuss the role of greed, speculation, and the rampant desire for wealth in fueling the hoax. Part 3. Fool's Gold. Deception and Validation. Now fully immersed in the drama, we'll focus on how Arnold and Slack managed to convince some of the most influential figures of the time about the authenticity of their claim. We'll explore their cunning use of fake experts and how they fooled the seasoned engineer, Henry Jannin, to confirm the mine's worth. We'll also delve into the subsequent buying frenzy in diamond stocks and land rights, revealing the impact of the hoax on the economy and individuals' lives. Part 4. Shattering Illusions, Unveiling the Hoax In this penultimate part, we'll unpack the unraveling of the hoax. We'll recount the dramatic journey of Clarence King, a geologist and mining engineer who undertook a secret expedition that revealed the shocking truth. We'll also delve into the aftermath of his revelation, detailing the shockwaves that ran through the financial world and the public humiliation faced by the high-profile investors. Part 5 After the Dust Settles, The Legacy of the Diamond Hoax In the finale, we'll explore the aftermath of the hoax, its impact on the lives of Arnold, Slack, and their bamboozled investors. We'll delve into the legal repercussions, or the surprising lack thereof, and discuss how Arnold and Slack managed to walk away with most of their ill-gotten gains. Finally, we'll explore the lasting effects of the hoax on the diamond and mining industries, the stock market, and American society, wrapping up with reflections on the timeless lessons this story offers about greed, gullibility, and the power of a well-told lie. Part 1. The Sparkle of Promises Setting the Stage Welcome to the grand unfolding of an American saga of audacious ambition, unfettered deception, and intoxicating greed. This tale harks back to the post-Gold Rush era, a transformative period that reverberated through the mid-1800s, when the scent of riches clung to the Californian air, fresh and tantalizing, though the Gold Rush itself was drawing its final breaths. This was an era when the nation's pulse throbbed with an exhilarating blend of hope, desperation, and unbridled greed, a potent concoction that coursed through the burgeoning veins of America's fledgling cities, shaping the course of lives and etching its mark on the fabric of society. The spirit of the age was fevered with daring ventures, mad speculative gambles, and the rapid ascents and descents of fortunes, a period when a man's bold assertion could still ignite the collective imagination of the nation and set the world ablaze with possibilities. In the heart of this epic, we meet our central characters, Philip Arnold and John Slack. Seemingly unremarkable men, these were the puppeteers who would orchestrate one of the most audacious plots in the annals of American history. Hailing from Kentucky, Arnold and Slack were but ordinary prospectors, drawn by the siren call of fortune in the West. Philip Arnold, the son of a tobacco farmer, had once scraped a living as a hatter, Crafting headwear for Kentucky's elite before heeding the call of the West. John Slack, on the other hand, was a seasoned miner, a man who knew the backbreaking labor of excavation, the joys of a find, and the despair of a dry run. These men weren't born into privilege, they didn't bear the mantle of wealth. They were blue collar workers, everyday men of humble origins who carried dreams of a better life. Beneath their rough exterior lay a keen aptitude for manipulation, a shared audacity that teetered on the brink of recklessness, and a mutual dream that was anything but modest. This dream, a sparkling mirage of quick wealth, involved precious shimmering stones and a plot that was poised to jolt the nation from its reverie. Our narrative unfolds against the backdrop of vibrant San Francisco, a city still basking in the afterglow of the gold rush. In 1872 it perched on the precipice of modernity, its streets pulsating with raw energy, bubbling with innovation, and tinged with a hint of whimsical lawlessness. This was a place where dreams of striking gold could still be seen dancing in the eyes of its inhabitants, where tales of overnight riches quickened pulses and animated tavern tales, inspiring folk songs and feeding ambitious dreams. Born from the dust and sweat of the gold rush, San Francisco was a place where destinies could be redrawn at breakneck speed, where a skillfully spun yarn could ignite a frenzy that dwarfed the excitement of the gold rush. With their sights set on this bustling metropolis, Arnold and Slack commenced their daring ploy, their grand stratagem, by acquiring their arsenal of deception— Quietly, they procured uncut diamonds and other precious stones from unsuspecting traders, financing their purchases with their hard-earned savings. With these unpolished gems, these raw materials of their grand illusion, they embarked on their journey to San Francisco, ready to set the stage for their drama. Upon their arrival in the city, the ingenuity of their plan began to sparkle. They didn't parade through the streets of San Francisco, waving their diamonds for all to see, boasting of their fine. They were more cunning than that. They knew they had to whet the city's appetite, plant the seeds of a mystery so tantalizing, so irresistible, that it would be impossible to ignore. So, they sprinkled hints like breadcrumbs whispered cryptic clues into willing ears, and masterfully propagated rumors of an astonishing discovery out in the uncharted, untamed West. Their whispers, like pebbles cast into a pond, caused ripples that swelled into waves of curiosity. The whispers grew louder, turning into murmurs, the murmurs into loud conversations in the city's saloons and marketplaces, until their seemingly outlandish tale had ignited a storm of curiosity speculation, and unmitigated greed. The city was buzzing with questions. What had these two rugged prospectors discovered out there in the wilderness? Where was this fabled bonanza located? The stage was set. Arnold and Slack had expertly prepared the ground for their grand scheme, their outrageous hoax. San Francisco, a tinderbox of speculation and desire, stood poised, ready to be ignited what ensued was a dance of audacious trickery and naive gullibility that would resonate beyond the city limits, echoing across the United States, and indeed across the world. In Part 2, we examine how a handful of rough, uncut diamonds triggered a frenzy of such magnitude that it shook the diamond market to its core, and led even the most skeptical, seasoned investors on a desperate wild chase. Part 2. The Glitter of Greed, The Discovery. Let's begin with a brief journey back in time. Picture the 1870s. The aftermath of the Civil War is still fresh. The Transcontinental Railroad, completed just a year prior in 1869, has connected the east and west coasts, unleashing a wave of westward migration and exploration. The California gold rush of the 1840s and 50s still looms large in the American consciousness, standing as a tantalizing symbol of the nation's boundless opportunity and also its susceptibility to the feverish pursuit of quick riches. It's easy to draw parallels between the speculative bubbles of that era and our own time, where the race for profit extends from real estate to the volatile world of cryptocurrency. The thirst for immediate wealth, it seems, is an enduring facet of the human condition This is the atmosphere, electric with possibility and risk, into which our prospectors, Philip Arnold and John Slack, launched their ambitious scheme. Who were Arnold and Slack? As we touched on in Part 1, they were two relatively obscure figures hailing from the rural landscapes of Kentucky. Both had backgrounds in mining and a deep familiarity with the hopes and dreams that precious stones could ignite in the hearts of men. They set out from their homes, bound for the western frontier, their pockets surreptitiously filled with diamonds and their minds teeming with a grandiose plan that would change their lives forever. They arrived in San Francisco armed not just with these diamonds, but with the tale of a secret mine, a veritable treasure trove from which these stones were allegedly extracted. Here's where we must pause and remember the spirit of the times. This is an era before quick-and-easy verification processes that we take for granted today. A diamond, at that time, couldn't just be whisked off to a laboratory for testing in a matter of hours. The business of precious stones was steeped in trust, reliant on appearances and personal reputations. And Arnold and Slack? They had learned how to exploit this system. They knew how to put on a show that would captivate their audience. Tickling the underbelly of greed and ambition that lay beneath the veneer of Victorian propriety. With their cache of diamonds as proof, they approached a select group of influential individuals in San Francisco, including a local businessman of high standing and a mining engineer whose word was respected in the community. They presented their diamonds as mere fragments of the rich bounty their secret mine held. These men, initially intrigued, became progressively convinced of the potential wealth lying untapped at the mysterious mining location. As their conviction grew, so did the rumor mill. Before long, word spread like wildfire, engulfing San Francisco in a flurry of excitement. The atmosphere was electric, brimming with whispers of newfound wealth and visions of affluence. It was as though the spirit of the gold rush had been resurrected, But this time, the rush was not for gold, but for something even more enchanting—diamonds. Arnold and Slack knew they were treading on thin ice. Their tale, as tantalizing as it was, hinged on maintaining an air of secrecy. They couldn't afford to reveal the location of their supposed mine. Doing so would expose their charade to scrutiny and potentially draw other prospectors to their supposed site. So they played it smart. They took investors to the site, yes, but they did so only on a circuitous route that involved several changes of transport and a final leg of the journey shrouded in blindfolds. They claimed the mine was somewhere within the vast, uncharted territories of the West, but gave away no specifics. This added layer of secrecy served to fuel the frenzy. It was not just about the promise of wealth anymore. It was an adventure, a mystery waiting to be unraveled a tale that would be retold in hushed whispers and wide-eyed wonder. The plot was as captivating as it was cunning, and it drew in its audience with an almost hypnotic allure. Now, let's take a moment to appreciate the sheer audacity of Arnold and Slack's claims. They didn't just assert to have discovered a diamond mine. They spun a tale of a veritable Eden of precious stones, a fantastical landscape where diamonds, rubies, and emeralds were as common as pebbles. According to their tale, one could simply reach into the soil and pull out a handful of glittering gems. Today, with the advantage of hindsight and more advanced knowledge of geology, the audacity of this claim might draw laughter. But let's rewind to the 1870s. Standardized methods of diamond mining were yet to be established. Knowledge about the occurrence and distribution of precious stones was relatively scarce, and misinformation was rife. In this milieu of ignorance and aspiration, it was not hard for people to believe that such a magical wonderland could exist. Such is the power of greed. It can blind us to reason, making us believe in even the most extraordinary of tales. As word of this glittering garden spread, diamond stocks began a dizzying ascent. San Francisco was a city in thrall, its streets buzzing with talk of the diamond mine and its homes filled with dreams of unimaginable wealth. Investors, from those with heavy purses to those with meager savings, were lining up to be part of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But Arnold and Slack, the puppeteers of this grand spectacle, kept their cards close to their chests. They had the investors hanging on their every word, and they were not about to relinquish control. In the midst of this frenzy, Diamond fever became a catchphrase, a metaphor for the speculative madness of the time. But there's a curious historical footnote here that bears mentioning. At around the same time, San Francisco was grappling with a minor outbreak of typhoid fever. Some newspapers, noting the preoccupation of the populace with the diamond rush, dubbed the epidemic diamond fever. They observed, rather sardonically, that people were so distracted by the promise of riches that they were neglecting basic health precautions. Such was the grip of this collective obsession that it overrode even the instinct for self-preservation. At the eye of this storm sat Arnold and Slack, two men who had sprung from obscurity to command the attention of an entire city. With calm and cunning, they spun their yarn, sowing dreams of diamond fortunes and nurturing them into a frenzied bloom. What they set in motion was more than just a hoax. It was a cascade of effects that altered the course of numerous lives, induced seismic shifts in the financial landscape, and left an indelible mark on the pages of history. And yet, this was just the beginning. The stage was set for the hoax to unfurl in its full disastrous glory. The contours of the deceit had been traced, the actors had taken their positions, and the audience was in rapt attention. But the climax was yet to come. Part 3. Fool's Gold, Deception and Validation For Part 3, it's time to grab your pickaxes and get excavating. As we've explored, Philip Arnold and John Slack were two seemingly insignificant prospectors who, armed with cunning and ambition, embarked on an audacious plot to convince the world of a secret diamond mine's existence. Now we find ourselves on the precipice of their grand deception, looking over a chasm sparkling with the promise of diamonds, the echoes of cunning, greed, and mass delusion reverberating in the depths below. To fully appreciate the cunning of our prospecting duo, we must again step back and immerse ourselves in the late nineteenth-century American West's zeitgeist. The land was a crucible of dreams a magnet for those with the courage and tenacity to seek their fortunes in its vast expanses. gold rush fever, though cooling, had carved a path of opportunity that was ripe for the taking. As the gold veins ran thin, the hunger for riches continued unabated, and a new seductive whisper began to circulate, a whisper that spoke of glittering diamonds. At the epicenter of this burgeoning frenzy, Arnold and Slack unfurled their masterstroke a tantalizing tale of a secret diamond mine. Their narrative was far from half-baked. It was spun with care, woven with intricate threads of adventure, risk, and reward. They spun a story of a treacherous journey through hostile territories filled with the looming threat of danger. To add an extra layer of credibility to their claims, they frequently showed off a mysterious bag full of diamonds, purportedly from their secret mine. The tale was so compelling, so incredibly captivating, that it said one investor was so hooked he purchased a rifle on the spot to protect his future diamond interests. The diamonds, oh, those convincing crystalline wonders. Each one was a testament to the duo's cunning. They had sourced these diamonds from multiple international locations, including the recently discovered diamond fields in South Africa, which had themselves sparked a global diamond frenzy in the 1860s. It's a tantalizing thought that Arnold and Slack might have been inspired by this world-altering event, adding a delicious layer of irony to their plot. Now, as any seasoned con artist will tell you, validation is the icing on the cake of deception. And in the case of Arnold and Slack, that validation came in the form of a respected mining engineer named Henry Janin. Janin was a luminary in the industry, a self-made man who had struck it rich during the gold rush. He was so highly esteemed that even the legendary Mark Twain had penned words about him. If there was anyone who could sway the skeptical San Francisco elites, it was Janin. And so, under the meticulous direction of Arnold and Slack, Jannin was led to the purported diamond field. They orchestrated a dramatic expedition, each element carefully planned to maintain the illusion of authenticity. The investors were blindfolded, heightening the suspense and intrigue. When they finally reached the field and unearthed diamonds— Conveniently planted there by Arnold and Slack, their conviction was sealed. Jannin's endorsement was the catalyst that sparked the wildfire of excitement and greed. Newspapers blared about the unbelievable wealth hiding beneath American soil, and Wall Street eagerly responded, pumping out diamond stocks like never before. The frenzy that ensued was unparalleled. Investors, hypnotized by the prospect of unimaginable riches, threw caution to the wind, and rushed to buy stocks and land rights. Property prices in the supposed vicinity of the mine skyrocketed. Stories circulated of people selling off possessions, mortgaging their homes, all for a piece of this glimmering dream. But the madness was not restricted to individuals or corporations. The U.S. government, apprehensive that such an enormous diamond find could send shockwaves through the global diamond market, toyed with the idea of buying the diamond field themselves. Yes, dear listeners, the allure of this diamond deception extended its tendrils even into the heart of the nation's administration. So, there we stood, at the peak of the diamond frenzy. Two nondescript prospectors had set in motion a financial juggernaut that sent ripples through Wall Street sparked a national hysteria and caused the U.S. government to fear the implications for international diamond prices. A testament, indeed, to the compelling power of a well-told story, the intoxicating promise of instant riches, and the wild, unpredictable ride of a high-stakes gamble. As we conclude Part 3, remember that for every rise, there must be a fall. And what a fall it was to be. As we will explore in Part 4 this diamond-studded edifice, for all its glitter and grandeur, was precariously balanced on a foundation of deception and deceit. In Part 4, we trace the dramatic unraveling of the diamond hoax of 1872, one of the greatest financial frauds in American history. Part 4. Shattering Illusions, Unveiling the Hoax Part four takes us into the labyrinth that is the Diamond Hoax of 1872, a tribute to the sheer audacity of Philip Arnold and John Slack. These men of humble origins wove an elaborate story so enticing, it became a shockwave that echoed through the heart of America's financial district. We've already traced the beginnings of their grand illusion, the narrative they carefully spun and watched, astonished, as they drew in seasoned financiers— prominent businessmen, and even a reputed mining engineer, Henry Janin. They crafted a dream of untold wealth that set Wall Street on fire, igniting a buying frenzy in diamond stocks and land rights. It was the gold rush of the 19th century, the most thrilling high-stakes financial gamble of that era. But in Part 4, we arrive at the tipping point of this astounding saga, the unexpected twist that turns the tale on its head. As we traverse the narrative landscape, we'll witness the grand illusion as it begins to dissolve. We'll see the unraveling of this captivating spectacle as the Diamond Hoax of 1872 is laid bare. Our protagonist in today's narrative is none other than Clarence King, a young man with a scientific mind and a skeptical heart. A seasoned geologist by trade and a Yale alumnus, King was committed to a colossal project that was mapping out the mineral resources along the fortieth parallel. His work brought him face to face with the untamed beauty and geological wonders of the American West. When whispers of the diamond fields reached King, he found it hard to believe. The fantastical tales spun by Arnold and Slack struck him as too extraordinary to be true. Yet, with the respected Henry Janin's endorsement and the ensuing diamond frenzy, The rumors were hard to ignore. The tales of an unimaginably wealthy diamond deposit demanded investigation. Spurred by scientific curiosity and a commitment to the truth, King assembled a team of geologists. Together, they embarked on a covert expedition to locate and investigate the alleged diamond site. However, this was easier said than done. Arnold and Slack had skillfully cloaked the site's location in secrecy, their convoluted stories acting as smoke screens. Their mission led them into the uncharted territories of the American West, a wild, untamed land fraught with peril and unpredictability. They faced a landscape teeming with wild beasts, volatile weather, and treacherous terrain. Yet, as the saying goes, fortune favors the brave, and in their quest for truth, these dangers appeared insignificant. Against all odds, King's team stumbled upon the fabled diamond field. It was a sight to behold, a seemingly careless smattering of diamonds, rubies, and sapphires, as if Mother Nature herself had whimsically thrown her precious jewels across the field. But for King, this miraculous spectacle was suspicious. It was too uniform, too perfect. His trained eyes saw what others— blinded by greed and the prospect of unimaginable wealth, had missed. The smoking gun, the proof that cemented the reality of the diamond hoax, was not an extravagant display, but a subtle incongruity in the geological makeup of the site, the co-occurrence of diamonds and rubies. To the average person, this might appear as an extraordinary bounty. But King, with his background in geology, recognized this for what it was, an anomaly. Diamonds and rubies do not naturally occur together, and this glaring fact laid bare the intricate web of deceit spun by Arnold and Slack. With this damning evidence in hand, King returned to San Francisco, his findings in tow. He tore down the veil of deception that had held the city in a diamond-infused spell. His revelation sent shockwaves through the financial district of the city and beyond, shaking the entire nation. The diamond field, once a beacon of limitless wealth, was now a monument to audacious deceit and broken dreams. News of the hoax spread, sparking a tide of disbelief, outrage, and feelings of betrayal. The fallout on Wall Street was nothing short of catastrophic. Diamond stocks, which had been soaring to new heights, plummeted in an epic crash. Investors who had been lured by the siren song of the diamond frenzy, watched in horror as their wealth vanished before their eyes. Reputations crumbled, fortunes evaporated overnight, and the once promising dream of unlimited diamond wealth was shattered. In hindsight, one cannot help but marvel at the audacity of Arnold and Slack's daring plan— They crafted an illusion so enthralling, so dazzling, that it ensnared some of the most astute minds of their time. The Diamond Hoax of 1872 stands as a stark reminder of the dangerous lure of quick riches and the collective blindness that unchecked ambition can engender. In the final part, we'll sift through the aftermath of this audacious hoax, tracing the ripples it sent through society and the lasting lessons it imparted. What was the fate of Arnold and Slack, the puppet masters of this diamond frenzy? What lasting marks did this bold chapter leave on the annals of American financial history? Part 5. After the Dust Settles, The Legacy of the Diamond Hoax In our journey so far, we witnessed the rise and fall of Philip Arnold and John Slack, two prospectors who managed to convince the world that they had discovered a massive diamond mine. We explored the frenzy that followed as investors clamored for a piece of the diamond pie, and we unraveled the deception that lay at the heart of this grand illusion. Now, as the dust settles, we turn our gaze to the aftermath and the profound impact this hoax had on individuals, industries, and society as a whole. But before we delve into the legacy of the diamond hoax, let's take a moment to reflect on the masterminds themselves. Philip Arnold and John Slack, the architects of this grand scheme, were cunning, audacious, and ultimately elusive. Despite the widespread knowledge of their deceit, they managed to slip through the cracks of justice. Many of the high-profile investors they had duped were left to lick their wounds, their reputations tarnished. One such investor was General George W. Cass, a prominent figure in the financial world at the time. Cass had invested a significant sum in diamond stocks, drawn in by the allure of unimaginable wealth. When the truth of the hoax came to light, Cass found himself not only financially devastated, but also embroiled in public humiliation. In his personal account of the events, he describes the profound impact the diamond hoax had on his life. I believed in the promise of those diamonds in the dreams they offered, and now, I find myself left with shattered illusions and a trail of deceit. It was a hard lesson to learn, but one that has forever changed me. The aftermath of the diamond hoax brought about a flurry of legal activity as investors sought justice and restitution for their losses. However, Arnold and Slack, the masterminds behind the grand deception, were not easy targets to pursue. They fought vehemently against the legal claims and managed to navigate the legal system with cunning and calculated strategies. One of the key tactics employed by Arnold and Slack was to challenge the jurisdiction of the courts. They argued that since the alleged diamond mine was located in a remote and uncharted territory, it fell outside the jurisdiction of any specific state or federal court. This argument posed a significant hurdle for the investors and their legal representatives, as it muddled the question of where the case should be heard and under which laws. To further complicate matters, Arnold and Slack strategically spread their ill-gotten gains across various accounts and investments, making it difficult for the investors to identify and seize their assets. The prospectors employed a network of intermediaries, shady financial dealings, and offshore accounts, thereby minimizing their vulnerability to legal action. This deliberate obfuscation of their financial trail made it challenging for the investors to track down and recover their losses. Arnold and Slack also enlisted a team of skilled attorneys who employed every legal tactic at their disposal to protect their clients. They filed motions to dismiss the cases, arguing lack of evidence, improper jurisdiction, and even questioning the legality of the investments themselves. This barrage of legal maneuvers prolonged the legal battles and added to the frustration and despair of the defrauded investors. Adding insult to injury, Arnold and Slack launched a counteroffensive against their accusers. They accused the investors of negligence, asserting that the investors had willingly entered into speculative ventures and should bear the consequences of their own financial decisions. By shifting the blame onto the investors, Arnold and Slack aimed to portray themselves as mere opportunists who had taken advantage of a willing and overly eager market. As the legal proceedings dragged on, public sentiment began to wane. The initial outrage and sympathy for the defrauded investors gave way to skepticism and apathy. Some questioned the wisdom of investing in speculative ventures, while others viewed the entire ordeal as a cautionary tale about the dangers of greed and gullibility. Eventually, despite their efforts to evade legal consequences, Arnold and Slack were forced to make some financial settlements with a handful of investors. These settlements, however, were far from satisfactory and represented only a fraction of the losses incurred. Many investors simply could not afford the protracted legal battle or gave up hope of recovering their investments altogether. Now, let's shift our focus to the broader impact of the diamond hoax. The reverberations of this grand deception were felt far beyond the immediate victims. The diamond industry itself faced a severe blow. The sudden influx of fraudulent diamonds into the market eroded trust and triggered a slump in prices. The delicate balance of supply and demand had been disrupted, and it took years for the industry to regain stability. Moreover, the stock market, which had been riding high on the diamond frenzy, experienced a significant downturn. Confidence wavered, and investors became wary of speculative ventures. This skepticism reverberated through the financial world, leading to increased regulations and a newfound emphasis on due diligence and transparency. But amidst the wreckage, there were valuable lessons to be learned. The diamond hoax exposed the vulnerabilities of human nature, the allure of quick wealth, and the power of persuasive storytelling. It revealed the importance of skepticism, critical thinking, and thorough investigation in the face of extraordinary claims. As we reflect on this chapter in history, we are reminded that the pursuit of wealth should be tempered with caution, integrity, and a healthy dose of skepticism. One of the lasting legacies of the Diamond Hoax is the enduring fascination it holds for historians, treasure hunters, and conspiracy theorists alike. In the years that followed, countless adventurers embarked on quests to uncover the elusive diamond mine, hoping to unearth the secrets and riches that had once entranced the nation. To this day, the myth of the lost diamond mine persists, a testament to the enduring power of the human spirit and the allure of hidden treasure. As we bid farewell to the Diamond Frenzy, we carry with us the cautionary tale of the Diamond Hoax of 1872— It serves as a reminder that the pursuit of wealth should be tempered with wisdom and integrity, and that even the most glittering promises may hide a web of deceit. In the end, it is the lessons we learn from these captivating tales that shape our future and guide us towards a more discerning and resilient financial world. And don't forget to subscribe to Money Mayhem so you can listen to new episodes in this and other series dropping every Friday. Whether you're an aspiring financial wizard, a seasoned investor, or just a curious soul looking to learn from the past, there's something in this roller coaster ride for everyone. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on all the thrilling episodes in our series. And one last shout-out. If you found our episodes both enlightening and entertaining, please consider leaving a tip in our virtual tip jar via the link in the description. Giving from as little as a single dollar and beyond will help support our mission to provide quality, engaging, and informative content that educates and empowers. Every little bit counts, and we greatly appreciate your support in helping us keep the conversation going. Until next time, may your financial journey be filled with excitement, adventure, and, most importantly, wisdom.